everyone and welcome to another episode of Studio Insights. We've got the team here. We've got Kim, Victoria and myself, Hannah. And in Studio Insights, it's an opportunity for us to learn from each other, ask each other questions and improve ourselves as practitioners. But before we get into the episode, I just wanted to share with you an awesome new resource that has come out. I think it's going to add so much value and it probably already is for people that have got it. It's human-centered activities for healthcare. So if you work in the healthcare industry or you're supporting a organization in the healthcare industry, please check it out. It helps you to apply human-centered design to the service, the healthcare service that you're working with, better understand your patients and create a better impact. So check it out. It's only $7 and it'll have such an epic impact. It's in the link in the description below. So check it out. But for now, let's get into the episode. Victoria, would you like to ask the first question? <laughs> um, my question is for both of you, as usual. <laughs> um, and I didn't think of the phrasing before this, so I might struggle to ask it. But I basically want to know if you need to learn something new. For example, I recently had to apply accessibility to a RISE course, which I hadn't done before. Mm. Um, and I had like a set amount of time to learn it and apply it basically. Um, and I didn't know like what was involved or anything when I started. So if you have to learn something new like that and you're on a time frame and it's something you're not like super familiar with doing, but you're basically like responsible for getting it done. Like what are your tips to make sure you don't, like you find out as much as you can, but also like you get it done on time and you do it successfully hopefully mm. how do you manage that <laughs> <laughs> you want to go Kim uh what's coming to mind is definitely clarity of expectations on that so whoever gave you the time limit must have some insight into why that time whether you came up with it yourself or it's come from like a project manager but there's a reason that time limit's there. So maybe they know more specifics around the task and can give you a better handover than they probably have done already. <laughs> I don't know that that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds like you. For other projects. <laughs> I swear to throw you Rude. Yeah, I think clarity of expectations. So what specifically do you need to produce at the end of that um, and have like a checklist for yourself and get as much context or shortcuts or tips or insight from knowledgeable people, whether that's someone that's done it before, the person that has scoped the project or is handing that task over to you so that you're very clear and you're not going in with a blank canvas to learn it. Because someone might just be like, oh, there's a process for that. Just follow that and apply it. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I found tricky because I sort of had to make, like, do the research, make my own checklist. Mm. And then I did that checklist, but I was still like, no one has actually, like, validated this <laughs> being the right thing to do except for me, kind mm. of thing, which is why I found it. That's a big problem. Yeah. I'm glad you're bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't trust you. Not jokes. <laughs> I do. I remember you called me though, and yeah. we both validated it. But we both had the same but level I, of information. Yeah. And I think it's hard when it's like. Issues. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I'm like, if I've come up with this, I obviously believe in it. So when I talk to you about it, I'll probably be like convincing because I'm just giving you like the one side that I know, if mm. that makes sense. Like you won't, yeah. you're not really, wouldn't, if you don't know about the topic either, you're not really seeing like mm. any, yeah. Well, I, I validated it as a, because I was like the peer qa So what you'd done, I agreed with, given the information that we had. Yeah. But I think both <laughs> of us had the same information. Yeah. And maybe because we hadn't done it before, we weren't like 100%, like that is 100%. We did the best we could with the information that we had available. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's useful to anyone or me. <laughs> I just feel like when you're at like school or university or whatever like you get a topic and you learn exactly how it is but I feel like in our world sometimes like things change so often that we have to adapt and like learn things on the fly but maybe there's a better way to do it where like you're not doing it within the task maybe both of us or like more team members are like dedicated to just figuring that out first and I think with accessibility too like what I have learned I have pretty much just learned like from trial and error sort of thing like mm. I didn't do like specific training in it it's just been like some clients will come back and say this doesn't work or we prefer it done like this and that's how I've adapted things so when it's like a fully new thing like doing it in rise until I do it I don't know mm. <laughs> what's wrong but then that's not really ideal for the client to be like the <laughs> yeah what do you think about that Kim like do you think we should be getting I don't, it just seems like overwhelming getting all the different like types of screen readers that the different clients would have and testing do you know what I mean yeah. like depending on what they have do we because we don't actually get to see what the client sees because it's different per client and they're all using different types of screen readers so we're doing what we see from our research, we're doing what we think is correct, yeah. but we don't actually get to see it from their perspective. So they're the ones that pick up theirs. That's sort of the process, isn't it? I think so. Just, I guess it depends on the project and the testing um, process. Like, are they using, for example, JAWS and it's agreed that they will do that because they have someone internally that checks all their stuff or is it our responsibility to have JAWS or a screen reader or some sort of software for testing. Okay. So that's agreed on at the beginning of the project. Yeah. It, yeah. It would be done through the user testing and the QA process, but it sounds like it's not about learning in the time. It's about we're setting up a system or process and it should mm. be set up separately to the actual application of a task. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, rather than yeah your original question um Vic so I think it should be like we haven't done this before this is something we need to have as the team it's done outside of the project task time and then yeah like what you said you go out learn research and then someone tests it and that's where you pick up oh what about this what about that like user testing and then a second fallback is in this instance, for example, with your client, maybe they are more familiar with it and they can make recommendations. Or sometimes like we, we have like a client that has specific um, requirements with accessibility. So knowing that, getting them involved early on and designing from start, maybe they have their own checklist or process. Mm. 
yeah but developing processes either there needs to be like the planning phase of it not that not done necessarily doing the actual like as if if you knew how to do the task and just executing on it i think they definitely are separate things mm. yeah so would that happen for the next rise course or is it only if something's brand new do you think Well, I mean, it's worked. What I did worked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so I feel like yeah. that process. We would create be fine. a process and use that process yeah. as part of the task. Yeah. But yeah, in and future, like, I'd be confident to like just apply. Apply. Yeah. What yeah. I do has worked. Yeah. Well yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, a little tip with that is don't. Even if a program says it does something well and it's easy, don't trust that. Actually check. <laughs> That's something I learned recently. I looked something up and it said it's super easy, like works really well. It showed like examples and had like a demo video of how it works. And I was like, oh, it'll take like two minutes. And then I did it and it didn't work. <laughs> like it was like very messy and wasn't up to our standards. So that's a learning that I had. Learn it first before you do the task. <laughs> or test it, test it, not learn it. Yeah. Don't assume, test. Mm, yeah. Mm. And check in again, like, because I think I know what you're talking about there and we've had that problem <laughs> with another like, client. No. <laughs> so with another project, I mean. Um, so, yeah, check in. Has anyone done this before? Any tips? And be present to the task because I think I looked quickly and was like, yeah, cool, next. Mm. <laughs> Good lesson. All no right. assumptions. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Has that satisfied your needs, Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> Kim, what's your question? Uh, my question is, we've been in the depths of... <laughs> Sorry. You're yours. <laughs> <laughs> um we have been in the depths of instructional design and development at the moment have you guys identified any blind spots in our process really annoying because yeah. i know that was something i was thinking of the other day and i can't think of it yeah I've got one thing, but it's like really small and like minor. But I've noticed in a lot of our storyboards, like links are being put into the notes section mm. and it doesn't actually put a hyperlink in the notes section. Mm. So when you go to develop it, you don't have the actual link. What do you mean? Um, like if you copy a hyperlink from like a slide and you paste it into the notes section. Or oh, that text is actually hyperlinked. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It does, you can't access the link. So when mm. I've been like developing things, I've had to go and find the link externally because it hasn't been attached. Right. That's mm. very specific, but that's just something I've noticed. No, that's good. That too, which is when images get pasted like next to a slide or something, and then you have to like either copy it or save it, but it's usually pretty crappy mm, quality. That's a good one. I noticed that Like too. I yeah. would always prefer to have the original image file or like a link to it or whatever. Mm. Then that because it seems to be like a recurring problem
I have something, but I'm still not sure about it. But it's like not giving too much um, guidance on the look and feel or the style or the theme of the course in the storyboard stage. But then I also think it's a good thing because I think it helps you to write the content a certain way to like align with that theme. So I still can't figure out, still in the process of figuring that out. Well, what's the, what's the problem you occurred? Um, the client like was so focused on the look and feel and an element of the look and feel that it like made things rushed at a certain point because we were waiting to get approval on a certain element of the look and feel mm. and it was too close to like the development stage. But then maybe that has to happen earlier on with the look and feel. But then yeah. how does the look and feel link to the storyboard thing? Well, the look and feel should get approved early on in the storyboarding process. Okay, so be like the, the brainstorming. Yeah. Brainstorming, normally we have an idea then of what it might turn into in terms of look and feel and also how you might start the storyboarding. That is our process. So it sounds like we're deviating from that and not mm. putting it in the project plan properly, which is good. That's why I've asked this question. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do early on brainstorm before we, after the discovery workshop, then we're in a position to look at look and feel and start storyboarding. Yeah. They need to be done as separate, present the storyboard, sorry, the look and feel even before storyboard round one mm. or around that time and go from there. Because yeah, then there's this... still a lot more time in the content storyboards phase, at least another week or two for those kinds of um, design elements to be rectified and ready for development. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Hmm. Maybe yeah. there's an opportunity there in our project management plan. I can't remember it now from memory, but to say that it should be done around the same time as instructional because normally when we are doing when I've scheduled projects in the past actually this is something because you guys this is new to you when I schedule them in the past when instructional design round one storyboard round one is gone to the client for feedback round one that's when I would normally do the look and feel in our team mm, yeah so we've presented the content they're focusing only on that and then we start working on the look and feel. And when we get the content feedback back, they're then getting round, or sorry, the look and feel to have a look at. I struggle though with, like whenever I've had to do a look and feel and we haven't had any approved content, I feel like I struggle because I might design like an element that we're not actually gonna be able to use for anything. Mm. Like I find it hard yeah. to choose like examples of things, like random things to make because I'm like, when we actually get the content back, that design might not actually work for what we need it mm. to work for. Like it could be a heading or like a type of, like a style of image or anything. Because mm -hmm. I'm just thinking even with the look and feel that we ended up with, like when it came to development, I feel like a lot of the stuff I developed um, 
like from scratch but using the look and feel as inspiration but it wasn't like oh you use this for like every heading this for every yeah mm-hmm. like it was all still like being you figuring it out as we do made yeah. yeah so I think if you didn't have any approved stuff then I'm like would you even end up using the stuff you gave in look and feel okay yeah so our process is definitely falling down um because in the high level strategy well this would be the question whenever you've there's been a couple of projects I can't remember which ones they were though um where we have the high level strategy and there's a mood board of inspiration at the end of that so we've got the success statement we've got learning objectives and then the definitely the instructional designer sees that mood board to inform the essence like this is what kind of things could be considered I think that's falling down and not being communicated to the developer it's getting communicated through the storyboard potentially but not down to the development level so you're just picking up unless your instructional designer has put things on the storyboard visuals to say design it like this then you have nothing to go with. So what's been talked about early on with clients in the projects is not being trickled down. Well, yeah, I would say I usually go off what's in the storyboard and mm. the examples in there. I don't generally look in other mm-hmm. places unless it's like provided as part of the, like as part of my task and I'll say like here's a high level strategy here's this it like I'll look through it all if it's in there but otherwise I don't like go looking for it if I just yeah fair enough fair enough and then so that says the like this is good the blind spot it's either the responsibility I'm not sure yet because I'm working it out um of the project manager or the instructional designer to take it from the high level strategy into the storyboard and then communicate that on to the developer because you shouldn't have to look all the way back if you're just purely developing. Well, yeah, I know, like I have definitely looked at it for some of them. So mm. it's just not, I don't think I've got enough for every single one. Mm-hmm. Given like the current setup, it'd be like you would probably have the conversation with the client for the mood board of ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I would use that to determine what, my storyboard could include well no because it goes from the brainstorming doesn't it you know how we do like there's initial mood board but then we do like a brainstorming internally yeah, yeah. and that's what comes from that also uh is what goes into the storyboarding hmm yeah I need to figure it out in my head because I get confused I think like is it I think I'm wondering like is it the role of the instructional designer to also think about how the whole module is going to look as well as storyboard because like storyboarding is the content to me but then Mm. there's ideas and those ideas are what happens in like the development so am I meant to be like this is what I want the development to look like and tell you before the look and feel happens I think it's it's definitely like they're separate there's the instructional design storyboarding but then there's the look and feel so it happens that it's 
a high level kind of essence, the mood board, like this is what kind of ideas we're thinking about. Then we do the brainstorming and that's where we start talking about ideas and bringing in visual elements. Yeah. Um, and then through that look and feel from there, like the look and feel specific part to the project when we're developing templates and screens, that's when we start going, this is what buttons or these are the kinds of images that we're going to use. Um, so not as prescriptive potentially, Vic, as what you were saying in terms of um, like, I don't know, just very basic click and reveal, for example, and then that screen doesn't get used, but it's like, these are the colors. We're going to use this pink in this way. This is the actionable stuff. Here's some, um, what do you call it? Like uh, examples of websites or apps that is kind of capturing the essence of the look and feel that goes to the client and they go, or we always, we do ask them as well. Like, what do you like? What have you seen around that you like in that? And then the person that's doing the look and feel is capturing that and then developing it further, but it needs to be in communication with the instructional designer. Um, so that the instructional designer can then no, but we would know it at the brainstorming. So at the brainstorming, we'd know we're going to have animations or yeah. we're going to have uh, resources like a handbook or whatever. Yeah. And then it's just the look and feel going, well, if there's print elements, they'll include this kind of thing. If it's an animation, it will this be this kind of style. And yeah. then that needs to get communicated to the developer. Okay. Cool. So it's brainstorming, the brainstorming gets communicated to the developer, the developer creates a look and feel, and the instructional designer is creating the storyboard using the yeah. brainstorming ideas that they communicated to the developer. Yeah. And I think we actually, that's probably something as well, is we've been a bit reactive in the look and feel space. Mm -hmm. We haven't really, we've kind of forgotten to schedule it sometimes and it's happening yeah. as de like when development's meant to be executed on. Yeah. So we need to remember that it is a dedicated task specific, mm. just like the brainstorming of the instructional design is phase. Yeah. Look and feel is basically the brainstorming of the development phase. We need to remember that it needs to get prioritized. Yeah. I think that will help. Cool. Any other blind spots? No. I can okay no that's all right I think that's a good <laughs> I think yeah. just the one thing for you guys to action then like to uh, I take away specifically like that all of us can do there is when we're scheduling projects remember that our project plan is not linear like because it, it all the instructional design tasks round one two three sit together and then I think it goes to like look and feel UAT yeah and then development so just remembering that just because it's that way, it's not necessarily like how it's going to play out that that UAT yeah. SCORM file testing and the look and feel is likely up around instructional design one, but just for 
ease of finding things in the project management plan yeah it's not that way so just maybe keep that in mind that might help us prioritize that yeah. which will ease a few of those things yeah cool all right thanks for, thanks that. for that that was good all right last question is for victoria <laughs> me asking victoria <laughs> Um, I just wanted to know, so you've been doing project management for a bit of time now, and I've heard you like talking about sending emails and like <laughs> how to respond and like dealing with situations. I'm just wondering what you've learned from your project management experience recently. <laughs> just to copy all the emails you sent. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, no, like the templates you were talking about. That's yeah. a plug for the templates. Put them <laughs> linked in the description. Go right. get them. <laughs> it's funny because for me that cut out and all I heard was don't work harder than you used to, but <laughs> or they know that you need to. Sorry, can you say it again? <laughs> I think it was another plug for the email templates. Basically, use what's being created. Yeah, yeah, go on. Don't do extra work. Like, if it's already there, just use that. Absolutely. <laughs> Laziness, in other words. <laughs> like, being successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What else? I don't know if I've learned anything. Have you had a client phone call yet? No. <laughs> Set her up with one Kim. I'll ask her about it next week. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be daily, no phone calls required. Yeah, you're project managing that well. <laughs> phone calls aren't necessary. because it has like gone pretty well so far <laughs> yay i learned from mistakes <laughs> but so far it's been like smooth sailing yeah. well i think that would be one thing is think about any communication that you've had with clients where what are the lessons learned from that that maybe you could have provided something or you would make an improvement next time whether it's good or bad like they like to see this, I'll do that in future, or this meant multiple emails or confusion. This is what I'll do next time. Like there hasn't really been any confusion. <laughs> <laughs> that was a question you got today. We could have maybe done something. Well, now, two wrap before. Yeah, but that's, they, they asked me something and I don't know what they're talking about. She doesn't get it. <laughs> The way around, <laughs> which have, is a question for you after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. Um, I don't know. I honestly can't think. I feel like anything that they have raised has been like unforeseen for me. So it's mm. like. I can't think of any instances where there's something I could have like provided earlier or like additionally kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think because I've used the templates, like anything I have responded to, like has it's been resolved then kind of thing. Like we haven't really had back and forth stuff. Yeah. 
um, I think like they're good at communicating as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is helpful because I know mm. that's not always the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe once it's, I've got more into it, well, there's been issues which there will not be <laughs> <laughs> no well you you're off to a great start because you're at the end of your project almost like there's only one deliverable left pretty much and like it has been on schedule from our end and their end um they seem really happy there hasn't been well if you can't find any lessons learned I'd say that's the best feedback no feedback is great feedback so well done to us for paving the way for you to copy <laughs> and well done for you for being such a great uh, mimicker of great people and great processes. <laughs> well done team. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check back in in a few months. <laughs> oh, it's really cool. Well done. Good job. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. <laughs> Thank you team for joining in. We hope that you, everyone listening or watching, have got a lot of value from this and have learnt through our mistakes and what we've been doing well, a bit of both, I think. And we will see you for the next episode. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz could I be a better instructional designer that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff, and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.